just so y'all know, please, um, you can fast forward all of my episodes um, to about five minutes in just because that is my intro music. Um, since usually this is a video podcast, um, I have a countdown of five minutes. So please do if you need to.
Yo, good morning. Um, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, I, I said Thanksgiving earlier in the other interview. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But happy St. Patty's Day. Um, I'm wearing my my Ireland rugby jersey today because um, I don't want to get pinched. <laughs> but uh yeah, thank you for joining everyone. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. Oh, well, just introduce myself. If you're new to this program, my name is Eric Velasquez. I am interviewing the candidates for the San Antonio city elections for 2021. Um, and early voting starts April 19th and ends April 27th. And There we go. Um, you have to get registered to vote ASAP. If not, you won't be able to be registered to vote or you won't be able to vote here in the upcoming election. So um, please do so. And let's get to know more about our candidates. So without further ado, let's go ahead and join uh, Mr. Raymond. What's going on, man? Hey, not much. What about you, Eric? Good, good. Um, anybody on Instagram uh, or anybody else on Facebook, YouTube or Twitch, if you want to ask a question, please do so in the comment box. Uh, if you would like to actually jump into the conversation, please do. Please keep it civil and clean and everything like that. Um, so let's make sure this is, uh, you know, done really well. Um, this is a open forum, so I want to make sure that everybody has a say in, in everything, but also an open forum for you, Raymond, uh, to be able to to speak about your platform and be able to tell us more about what your your thoughts on a lot of things. So. Um, let's go ahead and get it started. So go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Hello, guys. I'm Raymond Guzman. I was born and raised in San Antonio, went from Lackland Elementary School all the way to John Jay, and took some classes at Palo Alto. Uh, I graduated from Texas A&M Kingsville. Uh, I'm majoring in mathematics, minor in English. Uh, I'm a mathematician. I've worked at, I've worked as a teacher. I worked as an oil field worker um different jobs both white and blue collar jobs and um i'm here running for city council district four hoping to make a difference so yeah definitely um i love your background by the way oh thank you yeah <laughs> like... um uh curtis says i do stand by the fact that i do think david who's david who's david i'm confused <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you are you talking about Raymond or, or David? I, I'm confused. I don't know who David is. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's jump into it. Um, I'm going to start off on a on a fun fact. Oh, I keep getting calls. Sorry. Um, so let's say, uh, what are your top three small business restaurants in District Four? My favorite Mexican restaurant was Capadre's. It's right across the street from John Jay. Okay. Unfortunately, they've been closed the whole year due to the pandemic. Mm. Uh, but right down the street from them, a couple of buildings down, is El Tequila, a Mexican restaurant. And they've mm. just been knocking it out of the park. Really? Uh, during the snowstorm, they were open. They were working. It's a new ownership. And they've just been kicking up a notch. And 
tacos that are stuffed and there's <laughs> good service, good food. And I want to talk about a restaurant outside the district. Uh, I want to talk about Big Lou's because mm. uh, it, it, it's a small, it, it's a family owned business, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. And I remember going there in high school. And it was a house. It was a small house. But you go there now, it's this giant building. And that's kind of the inspiration to like these small business owners. Like, hey, like even if you saw the house, you could build it up and you go there, like it's a three hour wait to get a table. So yeah, uh, yeah. It, it may not be in the district, but I thought it's worth a note for people wanting to start a business, like go for it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Any, any other ones? Uh, <laughs> Some people have had a list. They're like, oh, I got a list, but you know, I, I got a list, I but <laughs> unfortunately uh, district four has a lack of businesses, especially, especially mm -hmm. restaurants. So that's one thing that we need to bring in and build up is the restaurants. So. Right. And, and, you know, that was one of the questions that I had for some of the other candidates is why um, why s there isn't a TERS in, in District 4, you know? And that, um, that's a good question. I mean, District 4 is the face of San Antonio to a lot of people because of uh, Lackland Air Force Base. We get people from all around the world coming every every day of the year and they they come and they have to go outside the district to eat mm -hmm. at restaurants and to buy stuff uh to go shopping not necessarily for groceries but if they want to shop for clothes or something like that they go outside the district the gis you know they they leave the base and they take the bus or they rent a car and go outside the district and that's something we really need to be, build up is our restaurants and uh this short stores for people to come and shop a lot of uh, military folks are looking to places to eat too so i mean yeah oh <laughs> uh, like right here at the entrance the back gate of lackland air force base uh off of valley high these restaurants are crazy mcdonald's and you know churches they get business like you would not believe mm -hmm. uh they're opening a tire shop right there uh by the post office there was talk that there was Chick-fil-A and people were so excited. And <laughs> it's just like, oh, finally something different. But it turned out to be a tire shop. There was a uh, lot of disappointment in that. So. <laughs> I mean, we need tires too, but we need know. tires too, dude, but like <laughs> I it, like people want food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like that goes to one of my ideals is uh getting food truck zones and uh farmer mm. market zones. There's a lot of empty lots. Right. So these empty lots that are been vacant for years, like they might be owned, but they, they have not been developed or just sat there being eyesore for decades, for 20, 15, 16, maybe 20 years. And it just sits there empty. I mean, if we buy up, put a parking lot and have a food truck zone, the GIs will love it. The locals will love it. Or even walking tracks. Like there's a lot of elderly that want to walk and whatnot, and they might not feel comfortable on the roads, or we don't have sidewalks in that area. So we could take these areas and make walking tracks or food mm. truck zones. There's the possibilities are really endless. Right, and and let's talk about all of that during the pandemic right everything was was shutting down but so many people started their own little businesses right um especially food trucks you know food trucks or food vendors it it, it kind of blew up you know um so yeah like let's let's start helping these small businesses and obviously i'm not saying 
the the city needs to do all these things. I'm just saying, release some of these red tapes that are yeah. blocking some of these people from doing these things. You know, I um, mean, the red tapes and the zoning is a big issue too. Like, uh, I'm a small business owner, and I was looking at zoning and saying some of the zoning areas are crazy. Some are understandable, but some you need to relax. Like, okay, we could open these lots up for food or open these lots up for other stuff. And okay, we can sell alcohol here and uh, relax on the zoning and uh, open some of these areas up for our small businesses to thrive or at least start. Right, right, definitely. Um, and I'm gonna, cause I also want this to be a little bit fun, but uh, what are some of your favorite movies? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I I'm actually a big fan of the Marvel movies, but also like uh, kind of like grindy B house, like grindhouse movies and like kung fu movies. You know, mm. uh, just you know the Hong Kong media, like the Hong Kong uh, movies. Yeah, like they 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 have a lot less uh, red tapes to jump through, and the actors are really doing willing to do a lot more. Like that's where <laughs> Jackie Chan got his start. Oh, and Jet and the acts gently and uh the actions scenes full contact and uh right. they actually jump out the buildings and you could tell a big difference it's not jumping like it's not jump cuts all over the place it's yeah a solid shoot and uh it, it's it's pretty good and it shows how dedicated they are to take hits and Su subtitles or no subtitles uh they both have their benefits. I like dubs. <laughs> I like when you uh sub the dubs, no subtitles, because sometimes they change the script and it's a lot funnier. Uh, <laughs> other times, you know, like if you just want to get into it and like figure out what's actually going on, subs the way you go, uh, subs the way you go. Right. But if you just want to have a good time, and if they really <laughs> rush the translation, it could be pretty funny and it could be entertaining. So. That's always good to watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll get back on to topic. I, yeah. I was like, I was like, you know what? Let me ask some different questions, dude. I was like, I, I like keeping it, keeping um, it a little. I bit can light. talk about movies all day. There you go. It's like, <laughs> um, okay. So, what would be your first item of business if, if you, you know, that you would like to accomplish if you do get elected into office? I have a long list, but one of the things that we have to get on top of is a homeless crisis. So, like, right now, the homeless crisis is out of control, and we have to cut back some of the uh, regulations that this city council have put on the police. Like, uh, before the pandemic, they the police could not um, remove someone for trespassing if they were homeless. And in District 4, off of Marbach, this became a large problem. Off of Marbach, off of military, off of 90, they were in droves. They were taking up buildings. They were behind uh, churches. They were behind everywhere. And we really have to address the problem of the homeless. And we need to do, we need to work with community to do this. There's a lot of homeless um, programs out there that the city ignore. The fact that they gave over $150,000 to a company in San Francisco to get information on how to deal with the homeless program is is dirty and disappointing and the fact that they did not let the cops uh help the homeless or uh deal with it ignoring them is not a solution it, it's really 
unsympathetic. So we, we need to make an organization and really contacts these churches and these programs. And we need to make a database on finding out who these homeless people are. Are they um, sex trafficked? Are they homeless? Are they missing people? Are they mentally ill? And really get down to what is causing this problem and what these people need. If they're veterans, let's get them up and let's get them with a veteran program and let's get the base to do something about it too. It's just, we can't leave our veterans out there. So we need to make this program in the first 90 days, we need to go to these places and really push people to come on the board. Like, Hey, you have this program, your church have these, uh, these donations and let's get together and we could talk about, because some churches get like 50 pound bags of rice and beans mm-hmm. for the food pantry and they can't really divvy up. Well, some of the homeless shelters get, you know, small cans. So it's like, hey, let's make trays. And, you know, maybe the women's shelter got men's clothes. Okay, let's give that to a shelter that needs clothes. And we really have to spread it out. Like the Haven for Hope, it might have been a good idea, but it kind of fell through. When you have such a dense area of people trying to start out and not a lot of opportunities, that's the problem. Like they're all competing for the same jobs. And then they have to go further and further out, causing more time on their part, causing uh, them to spend more money on transit system and some money that they don't have. So having a facility like Haven for Hope will be a good start out point for people, but we cannot keep them there. And um, really having them, it's kind of like the jail system. You don't want to pay the jails for... uh, keeping beds full mm-hmm. you know that kind of defeats the purpose and that keeps that doesn't really be rehabilitate them that just makes the prison want to have more beds full so right. the homeless the homeless problem is kind of the same thing we can't pay you this to keep a bed full that's it just because a company's nonprofit doesn't mean that they're taking money like if you could start a nonprofit and pay yourself mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that people aren't getting paid so you gotta be really careful of where you put your money and how to how they divvy it up. Right, and, and you know what we've seen with with the Haven for Hope, it's been a lot of issues where you know they have to split up the the people that are married, and you know a lot of people don't want to do that, and you know all these different things that there's a lot of hurdles that are preventing people from wanting to even be in that place. Yeah. So you know, I mean. Definitely, we need to do something different because it's yeah. definitely not working. You know, especially just to have it there specifically uh, yeah. in District One. I mean, it's 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 still not addressing the other issues. And what it seems like that we're just throwing money at the situation. Oh, let's just clear these encampments out. But what what are we doing? <laughs> you know, yeah, it, that's exactly it. We're throwing money at the problem, and it's not addressing the issue. So, like, we have to meet with these people and say. What's wrong? What's going on? Why are you here? And some people want to live that way. And hey, if you want to live that way, cool. But you can't do that here. You can't do that in this person's backyard. There's places that you could do that. Uh, some people like that Roman lifestyle, uh, you know, that free man lifestyle. If that's what they want to do, go for it. Good for them. But they can't be uh, panhandling in certain spots and they can't be camping behind locations. There's got to be 
designate, uh, designate, like, there has to be certain areas for them to do that. But see, that that's the problem, though, is that there are you know, people that are trying to do stuff like that, but people in the neighborhood and the areas, they don't want that. Right. And there's not too many places in the city that people can just go and, and live in, in the, by themselves if they want to go, you know, if they yeah, want to do but that. Like right? that's, yeah. Like if, if you want to do that, there's things you got to do before you could do that. Like you got to buy land or you got to be a co-op or something like that. You got this, live in the person's backyard right uh so but like those people like you gotta say like hey cool you want to do this but you gotta do it somewhere else like we right. really need to address the homeless people that need help that has mental health um uh, problems or that are out are on bad luck because they can't find a job like the ones that are really truly need help and not doing it for a lifestyle mm -hmm. like right. if it's like if it's drugs like okay we need to get you clean or something if you don't want to get clean hey that's your right but you can't you can't be panhandling you can't be doing drugs out on the street you can't be doing this stuff mm -hmm. you know and that that seems kind of harsh but you know i i've been to areas like louisville and uh los angeles where they let them get away with that and it is absolutely horrifying like it, the way that the city is uh that let them get away with it it's just like Hey, we want to help you. If you want help, take it. We'll offer it. If you don't want help, you need to move along. And I, I hope that doesn't come off too harsh, but we want to help them. Yeah, well, and, and I think it's um, it's it's how they're helping, right? And, and, and yeah. how they're doing all these things, and it's not being very conducive with with... It's like you have to do it this way or not. You know what I mean? And so I think that's where... A lot of people are like, well, <laughs> you know, why would I want that if you're just giving me ultimatum? So I think we need well, to be yeah. a little bit more compassionate with with some of these issues. And and yeah. that's where I think a lot of people are not being compassionate with, um, yeah. you See, know, like that that's why, like these programs, like they need outreach and like it's kind of on the programs like, hey, here's like, let's get you off the street. Let's get you in the shelter. Let's help you with your resume. And all this other stuff, like, that's what I want, you know, we, but you can only lead a horse to water, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like we, we can only lay out for them and we need to put this money towards where they, they're being helped. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Chris, they offer help angrily. Yeah. You know, you have the police come and it's, it is pretty intimidating too. If you think about it, you, you look at the last, uh, Sweep that they did um yeah. over well, 137. Like, I'm not talking about the police going there and taking it like the mm -hmm. these programs like go up there and talk to them, take the picture, take the information, like who are you? Like what's going on? Like, how can we help you? Like, what's the problem? Are you in trouble? Like, uh I, I'm probably coming off more aggressive, but like <laughs> it, it, it's really gonna be a soft-handed approach. Like, yeah, who are like we need to know who they are and help them. Like mm -hmm. the individual, not as groups, but the individuals need help themselves. Yeah, and and, and I totally agree. I, I was just saying that that's what is happening, right? So yeah. we're seeing a lot of these. You know, it's police officers coming in and clearing out, and it's they're like, oh, we we offered them help. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, you know, it's not really uh, the best approach, right? Like you're saying, it's yeah. it's not the the soft handed. It's like, hey, we offered you help. 
you know, you don't want it. Okay, move on, you know. So, yeah, definitely we need to change that that perspective and that the way it's everything is being handled. But um, so what are some of the issues that you feel that are not being addressed in your district? Like so, just a couple of things that maybe aren't being, you know, addressed. Well, of course, we need to update our infrastructure, our roads, our sidewalks. Uh, add speed bumps, uh, update the utilities and the internet. Internet's a big one. A lot of people are still using very slow internet. And nowadays we use internet for work, for school and everything. And a lot of these places are, especially the most the most needed students that need it are falling behind because they lack the, uh, the internet. Uh, we also need areas for the students to uh, grow and learn stuff on their own i want to add maker zones so maker zones are like places where they could build stuff with their hands mm -hmm. and eventually get you know certified and different stuff maybe welding and other stuff like that but a lot of these kids want to build stuff for themselves like a lot of them are into cosplay let's have some ceramic scenes let's have um some stuff where they could design clothes and whatnot uh Let's get some soldering irons. Let's get some power tools. Let them build a box. A lot of these students are interested in engineering mm -hmm. and STEM programs and working with their hands. They just don't have the facilities at home. Right. So it's like, not always about it's not always about college or military. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of these things. You know, like me, I did not want to go to college. I knew that for a fact. You know, but and I think a lot of people are like that. They don't. I don't want to and and if you look at a lot of the people that do call go to college a lot of them aren't doing the job that they got their degree in um yeah. or no, they don't know what they want to do <laughs> yeah like and that that's a big problem like um we we kind of railroad our students through high school and say you have to go to college and it's just like well a lot of my friends that went to college are making less uh, money than my friends that got a you know welding job or you know went into construction and or went to AC repair, like they're making a lot more money if they're not in debt. You know, uh, you could get a lot of money from being a truck driver and you could still go to school while you're doing these jobs, mm -hmm. you know, but you can make a lot more money on the start, like starting off. And that's a big problem. These maker zones will really help the students get an idea of what they want to do and really build up these skills. Because mm -hmm. um, I have a friend who was an engineer and she was very smart. She was around uh, airplanes all her life and had a pilot license and whatnot. And after she graduated for, uh, uh, from university, she got hired from this uh, airplane company. And she made this design that had rivets in it. And it was just like, oh, we can't do that because the rivets, you know, the gun faces this area. So it'd be impossible. Just because you know how something works doesn't know, doesn't mean you know how to do something. Mm -hmm. You know, she knows how rivets work, but unless you're out there and actually doing it to say, like, okay, well, there's these limitations because of these angles and these tight spaces and we got to figure out stuff. Um, and that's one of the things that uh, I want to really get the kids uh, on is uh, helping them learn and helping them get stuff done with their hands and improving the infrastructure. Uh, we also got to attract businesses to our area. Um, District 4 is a lot of houses. So we have houses and small restaurants and small zones that are kind of out of the way. And we really bring more stuff to the district to bring in more money. 
mm-hmm. and uh, keep money in the district and in the city. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what what would be your plan to bridge that gap between city council uh, and the citizens itself, you know, to where you are being a little bit more engaged and things like that? What 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 does that look like to you? To me, that that first of all, the city council job is a full time job and the city council members that aren't taking it, uh, that are just showing up on Wednesday and letting their staff take care of it. That's kind of how we lost connection from our city council into our districts. So it's a full-time job. So you gotta be out there and you gotta be reading these bills and doing research and figuring out what's going on. And you have to be transparent to people in your district. So you have to have open forums, you know, outside city council to meet with the residents and understand what they want online forums and me in different places to have that discussion and um, tell them what's going on and what's coming up and what they and really figure out what they need you know because things could change from you know week to week and month to month you know something might come up like uh one place might have you know really bad water uh main break or uh there's other stuff that we don't see so we really have to be out there and be open to this and use uh work it as a full-time job mm. so like uh you gotta make sacrifice if you have kids or uh, a relationship uh just like any other job it, you gotta you gotta balance it out but this one you really have to push to get the citizens involved and you gotta do different platforms to get them involved some aren't willing to speak online some want to go up there and talk to you. Others want to call you on the phone. And you really have to be out there and getting that done. And that's what I'm willing to do. You know, I'm willing to be out here online speaking to you. I'm willing to go places and speak to groups. And I'm willing to take phone calls, you know, in the office and really seeing what we could do as councilmen to help you. Because mm-hmm. yeah, without that, like, that's one of the biggest problems a lot of people have uh, right now with our councilmen is lack of communication. I hear like endless number of people saying they email them, they call them, they they haven't got replies. They went to the office, waited for hours, like from the as soon as they open till they close, and never saw the congressman. And and it it's just disappointing. You know, you we're here to represent the people, and you know, given sometimes we can't see you, but. We have to be open to seeing you and sometimes go out of our way to go and actually interact with the public. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, things like this, you know, and, and thank you for coming on, by the way. Uh, no uh, it's things like this that that I always um, I think of it myself because uh, I ran last year for, for office as well. And I, I, I never turned down the opportunity to be able to go and talk to somebody right uh whether it be from a a podcast or or whatever it is but what i've noticed is a lot of people um tend to say well they always just look at well how many people do you have following oh you don't have credentials or all this stuff but but at the end of the day you are still a constituent right you know people that you talk to so if you're not willing to talk to people then you know then there's something wrong with it just because and, you know they don't have a, a big following or they're not a major news media you know what i mean it's yeah it, and it also goes back to donations too 
-hmm. So like a lot of these uh, con uh, Congress uh, city council members, uh, they they're more willing to talk to someone who donated the maximum amount of the allowed for donations, or they're willing to talk to someone because they are more wealthy, and that defeats the point. Mm -hmm. So right now I not taking donations at all so if y'all visit my website you can see uh i i'm just not taking donations you know everything i i'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and i'm working for your vote and not for the money so whether you have nothing to donate or you could donate the full amount it doesn't matter i'm willing to work for both of you and right now it's not the time to ask for donations anyways with the winter storm and the pandemic um, so why not start, you know, taking money out of politics and mm -hmm. who's best to start than yourself. So, right. <laughs> uh, like yeah. if, if I'm not willing to do this and why would I expect other people to do this? So if I'm not willing to put my money where my mouth is, then, uh, I shouldn't expect other people to do that. But I am like, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and I'm here to work for your vote and not for your donations. Yeah. And and that is a big issue um, that I've always fought for as well, is that why are we spending so much money on campaigns? Right. Um, why can't we start doing a different approach to it? Yes. Everybody's like, oh, campaigns are expensive. But why? Why should they be right? Because I mean, we, we have to buy yeah. all these signs. <laughs> you well, know? like the, like the signs are it's just like, OK, it's your face and okay, we see you again, and it, afterwards, they just leave it there to rot. It, it, it's just a waste of money. Like, uh, I, I I got um, trifles printed up, I got cards, and I walked, and, you know, I talked to people, and, you know, I'm really pushing it, but, you know, these signs, they're expensive. Those those yeah. big signs, like, they're expensive. <laughs> at least and, 150 bucks a pop. At least. <laughs> and it, it's just well, that could have been used to, for something else. Like, mm -hmm. and like that money, like I, you, I kind of feel bad to say, well, you gave me 150 bucks for a sign that, okay, like that, that, that could have been donated to the food bank or that could have been right. donated to the homeless shelter and that could have been put towards something else. Like, um, which, which you can do for any candidates watching, you can use your campaign money to donate to local nonprofits, uh, things like that. Um, and I did ask because I asked the TEC, Texas Ethics Commission, and they said that you can do that. It was a little bit to a shock to them <laughs> because mm -hmm. people don't do that. Um, but yeah, well, uh, I mean, you yeah. can do that. Well, what a big, big problem is uh, these campaigns, they start nonprofits and then uh, they usually pay themselves out of the nonprofit. It's like, oh, I took this time out of my day and I should be making this much or, you know, they're using my name. So I'm have this. So if you it, it, it's dirty, like you're getting money to run for office. Mm -hmm. Well, like the office job should be paid. So um, be very careful with these nonprofits, like especially if it's someone's name. Like, OK, it's uh, under my name to run for office. Like they really need to be clear where they're spending the money. Right. Like, okay, well, I'm getting paid so much. It's just like, well, you're running for office. Like, should you be paid to run for office? Like, should you be paying, your, be paying yourself? Like, that's that's not right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, so uh, let's see here. So have you ever heard of ranked choice voting? 
Yes, I have, and I believe they do it in Australia or mm-hmm. uh, the UK. I don't remember. I think it's Australia where they do it mainly. Right. Yeah, Australia is the the big one. Um, and basically, for anybody watching, the, the way it works is is uh, you basically it's the same way we vote now. As far as you go in and you oh hold on sorry my internet um you go in and vote right just one time um and so what happens is everybody still has to have the the candidate who wins has to have the 50 plus one percentage to win right 51 percent so what happens is is that if on the first round if no candidate which sometimes a lot of times if there's a lot of candidates in that race you know there are there isn't going to be a majority winner usually um so then nobody will get that and what will happen is that'll induce a runoff election the runoff elections here in bear county cost us taxpayers eight to ten million dollars every time we have a runoff election so that's a lot of money going to these elections that don't get a high turnout to begin with for for the runoff elections already um, and then also volunteer time and all this stuff, right? So you have that. But with this, if nobody is a clear winner, then it goes into a round two. And keep in mind, you're not voting one, two, three, four times. You're just voting the one time, and it's an automatic process that happens. And if your first candidate of choice does not win then or gets knocked out, then your second vote your second person that you voted for gets those votes tallied up for them and then so on and so forth until it was a clear winner. And with ranked choice voting, it, it creates a better picture of how people are voting and how, and the better picture for them to say, this is who I want to vote for specifically, instead of just having just two specific candidates, which tends to act that way um, in our system. So, um, Ranked choice voting is a different process, uh, and it's brand new to the U.S. So uh, is this something that you would like to see something happen like that in here? Or uh, it, It's a good possibility. Um, we need to kind of educate the voters on local mm. uh, politicians, and this will benefit those who are uh, more educated on the uh, who they're voting for. Um but that 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 would be a good solution to not having runoffs. Like mm-hmm. I would be up for it, um, but we really have to push like um, voters to more inf- uh, inform themselves on who they're voting for. And this will be a good solution on you know candidates kind of working with each other. Like, right. hey, you know, if I'm a good choice, but you know, consider so and so as well, or mm-hmm. you know, right. um, but that might also split the vote a little bit more. So uh, there, there's uh, it could get kind of complicated, but um, it, it's a good solution to not having a runoff. Yeah, right, definitely, and and it would it would create more opportunity for people to vote the way they want to vote instead of because ranked choice voting actually prevents splitting the vote uh, and it also prevents from having that spoiler effect, right? Because you always have these people that are like, well this person has name recognition which shouldn't be even a thing right but a lot of people have name recognitions and that's all they look for instead of actually looking at what their policies are 
Um, so, I mean, that's something that this usually would help and, and change, fix, uh, fix that. Um, it, it, again, it is a new process for the U.S. in general and not even talked about here in Texas. So I uh, just wanted to ha- bring that into the conversation because I think it's yeah. it's important to, to be able to think of different things, you know? Yeah, it's um, a good solution. It's something that we might have to test out on a couple of smaller elections okay. and really get people trying out. Um we, we need some test runs to make sure it's going and we might have to update some of the system voting systems to make sure they could do it. So uh, we have to make sure that the voting systems could do it and they're updated and, but it's a good solution to not having runoffs. So. Right. Exactly. Um, so what are, what are some things that you feel as far as with the, the police department and, you know, the, I mean, obviously the big talk right now is the, the arbitrations and, and also with the repealing of, of 174 that people are petitioning for. So what, what is your position on with the SAPD? Do you think there needs to be some, some, some changes fixed with the, um, so, the way they reprimand people or, uh, what are your thoughts on that? So, SAP, SAPD does a good job for the n- number of cops that they have. They're very, very understaffed. And uh, I want to get a substation in District 4 for the police, but they are understaffed, and that will be kind of an uphill battle. We do need the safety in our neighborhoods for more patrols. But uh, there's small things that we can do to improve the police force. First of all, we cannot defund them. Uh, that's been tried in several places, and the crime rate shoots up. So defunding them is not the answer. Is how you want to use that funds? You can argue that um, some of the equipment, as long as as they get all the equipment to keep them safe and protect uh, and serve this um, <coughs> and serve uh, the people of San Antonio, like. Let's get some body cams and make sure they have their vests, the bulletproof vests, and make sure everything's up to date and in good conditions. But uh, some of the things that we can change is dealing with the officer's mental health. And I don't hear this talk about a lot. It's a stressful job. And you're dealing with the public and you're out there. So changes in their daily lives can affect them. So we need a system for them to get, you know, daily checks like, hey, how are you doing? How things are at home? Are you in a good mood? And if they're in a good mood, you know, a lot of times uh, bad things happen because they're overworked, they're stressed, and just like any jobs, people make mistakes. So uh, not pushing too much overtime is a good solution. And having uh, different represent, uh, different uh, superiors check on them. Maybe keep a daily vlog and uh, that they turn in like, hey, how are you all starting off your shift? Like, how's everything? And because um, people make mistakes when their stress levels are high. Like, and that's where anger starts and uh, stuff like that starts. But um, it's, well, I, think, uh, I, I think there's that, that argument of, you know, being a police officer, you can't be making mistakes like that right especially when you could put other people's lives in danger exactly like that that's why we need to make sure that they're not overworked overtired that they're starting off the day right like hey you didn't like if they get up and they're 
they just have an argument with their spouse. It's just like, hey, cool down, take a couple of minutes, let's get this under, you know, have a little bit more mental health for the officers. Right. Because I, 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 I think that's a really good point because, um, yeah, you're right. I, I think out of all the cans that I've interviewed, there's only maybe like two um, that have actually stated something about mental health. Um, so that's a really good point. I also think, though, is that a lot of the police officers aren't going to admit that they're going through some things because of a stigma, right? The same thing with the military. We never talked about mental health because you didn't want to be listed at that person, right? That guy or that girl that, oh, they're going through some mental illness, you know? So there's a stigma behind that. So maybe we need to try to remove that stigma, you know? Yes. And like the first the first step of removing that stigma is working with it. It's just like, hey, you're upset. It's okay, you're upset. You have an argument with your spouse or whatnot. And just do, you know, um, hey, take take a five, 10 minute break, like, like clear your mind. You know, uh, you just got off of a stressful call. Like they deal with stressful calls all the time with home, uh, this, this very disturbing things. And it's just like, hey, what you saw was disturbing. Yes, what you deal with was a stressful situation. Take a minute, gather yourself, make sure you're okay. And they're people just like you and me. I mean, people forget that they, they don't really, they don't think that, that they think they're just a job. They're people just like you and I, they deal with feelings, they deal with other stuff. And mental health is a big thing. And having uh, people help them with their mental health and having people on the force to go out with them to deal with other people with mental health is a big issue. And improving their work environment, we'll see that in the community. You know, they'll be a little bit better in the community. And uh, we also have to deal with how they reprimand people. I mean, if there's a bad apple, there's a bad apple. And no one hates a bad cop more than a good cop. And, you know, but there's that brotherhood. It's just like you come after a... Uh, one of us, you come after all of us, but you know, we, we got to deal with them. Like, Hey, he's not, if he's doing something bad, he's not one of you. He doesn't represent you. If he's going out, you know, uh, if he's taking a prep and being the, being the living, uh, being the crap out of them, you know, because it, that that's just a dirty perp, you know, that's not right. And there's stuff that we could talk about, but, there's stuff that we may not like that's in their handbook and we have to discuss it and not really attack the officers for doing it. If that's their training and we don't like it, okay, like, hey, we need to change that. That's mm. attacking the officer for doing their training uh, kind of brings down the morale. And we really have to improve uh, the morale in the officers. We want them to do their job and love it and saying, hey, guys, this isn't, we're changing this. You know, we used to teach y'all uh, hold down prep this way. You know, let's take some drills classes. Let's let's get them in more training. You know, as a teacher, we go through training all the time. And it's just like, we already know this from the classroom, but it's good for that review. It's just like, okay, well, that's a good point. And um, officers maybe once every two weeks or they have to meet a minimum quota of training. Like, hey, we got this new class. You need to take it. You know, um, at the end of your shift, you could come and would send a seminar and uh, just different stuff like that and improving the training and really pushing uh, how to deal with citizens. Mm. 
So like we could uh, training like um, and they could get bonuses or you know small things like hey we're gonna feed y'all we're gonna, we got some pizza come for a training and uh, this small stuff to make it uh, more enjoyable plays. I mean people may think that's outrageous, but you know if that was your job you're like hey like cool pizza and uh, but I have to sit through this stuff like all right but we really have to get it done. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially, I mean, there's a lot of heat, <laughs> a lot of heat coming on yeah. to, to that. And, um, you know, I, I, I do, I do see that, that San Antonio, they, they want, they like their police department, you know, yeah. um, they, there's obviously a lot of issues sometimes with, with people in minority and stuff like that, that might, you know, come across some issues of, of, you know, possible extreme, extremism or something like that maybe when they get pulled over it gets a little excessive you know yes. um uh, so i mean it, it it's just like one of those things where we gotta uh, let the officers have you know recordings and let's back it up and that's a whole system we gotta build up you know and if the officers want to wear you know get glasses that record the stops or you know have a gopro on them for extra protection for themselves we should encourage that yeah. Because uh, people could say something happens and that tarnishes the officer, and right. you know it, it's it's you versus them, and it's become this whole argument. And we really need uh, clarity on what happens out there. Yeah. And overall, I think this will help the officers, and you know this will keep the citizens safe. And if you do face stuff like that, you know keep track you know go like i i you know i remember my father uh, while i was first driving like what you do when you get pulled over you know you leave your hands on still wear steam wool and you get your license out your registrations out and this yes sir no sir yes ma'am no ma'am uh some people like i i i heard people at this you know yelling at the officer why you pulled me over and that wraps them up that makes them defensive it's just like why they angry you know, uh, it, it's also how interactions, like, if you feel, if I got pulled over, I'll get, I get angry too. It's just like, what did I do? Like, come on, you know, maybe I was speeding. Maybe I, 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 I didn't use a turkey signal or something. Uh, but you gotta keep calm. You gotta use the, use your mind and really go with it. And if things don't go in your favor, you know, report it, go through it. Um, yeah, well, and I, I think I think there's a lot of issue because you know there there's not a lot of whole accountability, right? So they, yeah. people are upset because, well, yeah, they may they may report some of these things, and I mean you you've seen recently with with some of these issues where 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 people are are you know being killed or shot and things like that, and there's no accountability, and so people are frustrated and upset as well you know so we, we we really need to look at those aspects and when i get when I, if i get pulled over which it, it happens rarely but yeah i i record on my phone and i actually have a shortcut on my phone where i just say i, I got pulled over and it starts recording and it'll send a text message to my wife and things like that my location um because i want to make sure i'm okay you know i got pulled over at one o'clock in the morning nobody was on the street I was putting out yard signs for my campaign and 
you know, for, for justice of the peace. And, you know, I get pulled over by a cop and he's like, cause I didn't use my blinker. And I'm like, there's nobody on the highway. I did use my blinker and you had your brights on, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's, it's just stuff like that, that, you know, I, I, I want to be careful. And I think a lot of people want to be careful as well because they don't know what could happen. You know, if a cop yes. has a bad day and starts, yes. you know, but like, that's, that's one thing that, we need to deal with is the cops aren't the bad guys and like they're like they may feel like it like sometimes when you get pulled over but they're ultimately there to uh keep things in order you know they're looking for things and like san antonio has a bad we're a part of like the trail for human trafficking and um we have a lot of old ladies that's been missing lately for the last couple of years like these older ladies have been you know, one left the flea market, one was leaving HEB, her work, and they just disappear. We can't find them. And uh, we had that phone call for the guy. He was in the back of an 18-wheeler, and they couldn't find him, and there was people dying. And, you know, they 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 can't, they, as far as I know, they never found them. Um, but, like, they do a very stressful job, and um, – Keeping them accountable is important and record them and do all this stuff and you have the right to record them. Um, but uh, going in a situation with fear uh, is really never good. Be You could be on edge and you could be, you know, hyper aware, but like there's this, like you and me, like doing their job to say, hey, what are you doing? You didn't turn. You know, like you said, it was one in the morning. You know, he might have thought you were drunk. Like, hey, this guy took a turn out of nowhere or something like that. So um, bad cops are a thing, but we can't just assume they're doing something in bad reason. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I'm all for uh, holding them accountable, and we need transparency. We need transparency in the government, and we need transparency of the police force. And if someone does something bad, they need to be held accountable for it. Definitely. Um <clears throat> So with, with property taxes being such a big issue, what are some things that you would like to see done um, from a city council you know, position? Obviously, I know you can't change anything with with the you know with BCAD, but what are yeah. some things that you would like to see done that maybe you can do? We can't change the appraisal system and the houses have been over appraised in San Antonio for years. Uh, one thing that we can do is increase the homestead exemption. And right now, it's only $5,000. And that sounds like a lot, but that's taken off the value of your house. So if your, val if your house value is $150,000, taking off five grand doesn't lower your taxes yeah. at all. And then they raise your property value. Too and they raise that. your property value, yes. <laughs> so getting that to a point that will actually help the people that um, – qualify for that is a big issue so i i, I want to double it at least but if we could get uh, it up to fifty thousand, that would be awesome um that would make a difference uh yeah. but uh, really working on the home uh stead exemption and really pushing it and get other members on the board because those who qualify it really need it uh, this will be elderly over 65 this will be disabled vets this will be disabled people, uh, disabled vets and their spouses. So, and it's only on one property. So 
uh, pushing this uh, really will help those who need it. Uh, we can't do much about anyone else. We might be able to add some tax exemptions for uh, solar panels and other stuff like that, but that's just more drama uh, right there. But uh, really the homestead exemption, we really, really need to get 10 times higher, double A at least. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just for anybody watching, the website to protest your taxes is bcad.org. You should be getting a appraisal soon um, in in the mail. And you can definitely make sure you please protest your taxes every single year. Do not go a year without protesting your taxes. Um, it's a very simple process as far as, you know, uh, saying that you do not want to, uh, you don't agree with the pricing. You send it, they'll send you a offer and then you you reject that one as well and then they'll you'll go in for a formal interview so um that one takes a little bit more time just because you have to you know go to a meeting and a hearing and you know it's a little intimidating if you haven't been to one before but just think of it like a you're going for a car sales <laughs> that's what it's that's what it feels like um so just go in there and just you know let them know what's wrong with your home you know and things like that so definitely do that every single year so that way your home does you don't get priced out of your home that's an issue that we're having a lot with with some of these districts and stuff that they're getting priced out of their homes and they yeah, are getting like, gerrymandered i it, it's outrageous uh, how overpriced how over evaluate how how they evaluate it it's just some of these houses you know haven't been updated since they were built and they're being saying oh this is a $300,000 house. A $300, house. Mm -hmm. It's just like, come on, like, the people live there since they built it. Like, they cannot pay taxes on a house that much. It's just yeah. something we need to address. Uh, that's something that is higher up. We can't really address that, but the homestead exemption is something our city council can address. Yeah. It very well should address. Definitely. And all they do is they just look at pictures from Google photos and look and see outside your home and above and see if you've installed a pool or something. And that's all they do. They don't look at, you know, what's what's wrong with the inside of your home or the things that you need to do and what holes are in your house. You know, I told like, there's a hole in the siding of my house, you know, so I have yeah. to fix it. Oh, and like yeah. that's that's a lot of things that people didn't understand when we have the froze. It's mm. just like all right, like We'll build for the heat. Like, we, right. we were not ready for this. And I had people online, oh, we're wool socks and this and that. It's just like, I have nothing made from wool. wool. Right. Like, I, I don't know anyone, you know, in this five-mile radius has, have, has anything from wool except for the animals. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, we were not prepared. And a lot of these houses are on concrete and it's just bad old insulation and it, it was just a nightmare so yeah definitely so um all right well is there anything else that you want to kind of to say about your campaign before we we close up uh i just want to talk about uh more transparency we need to deal with cps and saws uh, especially cps after what happened um during the last winter storm uh we need to hold them accountable we need to hold leadership accountable uh, the average worker did a good job out there trying to get the power lines back on and going, uh, really going above, above and beyond. But the leadership, it, it's obvious we need a change of leadership at uh, CPS. 
Sauls, we need to hold them accountable for what uh, happened there. We need to update, uh, get new uh, generators, uh, backup generators for Sauls for uh, if the power goes down. Uh, we really need to renegotiate contracts with our utility companies and uh, really hold them accountable for what's going on. Like, it's city-owned, so it, it, it was just really all the information that's coming out, you know, they didn't have a meteorologist, you know, it was a college student. Uh, they weren't ready. They didn't have backup plans. Uh, that was just lack of leadership. You know, you, you need to hold people accountable for what happens. And uh, the fact that their leadership has nothing, um, has not been penalized in any ways, whether that was a uh, deduction or uh, being fired, it's something we need to address. Like, people died because of their lack of action. And uh, that's very serious. And it was a freak storm, but we had weeks notice. We had two weeks notice. We had almost a month notice that something was coming and it was going to have snow. And snow, right. it, uh, believe it or not, snow is a national disaster in Texas. Mm -hmm. We don't have, we don't know how to deal with it. That was more snow than I've seen in my life. Like and it, it, it's something that we never drove in. We our our roads aren't ready for it, and we need to get ready for situations like that. We need to have salt. We need to have uh, snow plows. Even if it's uh, just something you could attack to the, the city trucks, you know we need to have backup plans. You know if we don't need it, okay. But it, it's for those times where you know we could adapt it to new trucks if we need it. We need it. So we really need to address those issues. And I'm I'm here to work for you. The, the, the people of District 4, the people of San Antonio, it's a full-time job, and I'm willing to do it. And I'm working for your vote and not for your money. I do not want your donations. If you have money, donate. Donate to a charity you like. Donate to the food bank. Um, help a neighbor out. Help a family member out. You know, don't spend that money back if, it, if you... You know, if you're willing to put it out there, you know, just help them out and don't expect it back. You know, really help people out. Uh, that neighbor who might come up short at groceries, buy extra pizza, like, hey, I bought extra pizza. Uh, do something to help someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, help someone in our district. Really, um, I have Professor uh, and Paul Watto uh, Armstrong history. He said, Saturday thrives in good times and bad. Cause we live off of rice and beans on good times and bad. <laughs> and like it, it, out of all my professors at Palo Alto and Kingsville and um, that one quote stuck with me and it, it's true. Like good times are bad. We live off of rice and beans. We could thrive and uh, coming up, we gotta be ready for whatever's coming up. And uh, I hope I can help you and I hope I get your vote. And if you need any information, uh, feel free to visit my website, www.guzma4sa.com. Uh, I you could email me through there. Um, and if you have any questions or any concerns, let me know. I'll be going out knocking on doors and be going out different places, passing out flyers. Please join me in this campaign. I want to improve San Antonio for all of us, and I want to keep money in Texas and in San Antonio. So anything that comes up, if it's if we could do it with people in our area, that's the first thing. We cannot be seeing money outside the area unless we have no other choice. 
So we need to bring money in. We need to keep money here. We need to bring up the areas. And this, we need to improve it. And I want to help you. If you need anything, please let me know. Gotcha. All right. Um, and just real quick before we do sign off, um, I just want to remind everybody that www.tdi.texas.gov, if you have had an issue with your renter's insurance, your home insurance, things like that, especially during this last freeze, and you're not getting the help you you can from, from the insurance company, tr try to give them a call. This is an actual government entity, not a company um it's a government entity that helps you navigate the the lingo and the the whole insurance area um because it's a different type of world right so it's help they help you try to navigate that so that way maybe there's something that you're not asking for or telling them or whatever it is so that way that you can get some help um, so make sure you you give them a call if you are having issues with with them not helping you with your insurance and things like that. And this goes for any insurance, um, home insurance, auto, medical, whatever it is. Um, they are they are actually a good entity to help uh, navigate that 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 area. So just want to plug that in just because it's it's been a lot of there's been a lot of people that have complained about the renters insurance and stuff like that 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 with the recent freeze. So. I know it's not recent. I know it's a month ago, but either way, it's still affecting some people, you know. It, so it still is like this the pipe damage and then the damage from that and this like HEB is barely getting back to normal and it it, it, it was really a hard time for everyone. So right, right. um it, it's just something that we have to come back from. Yeah, for sure. Um so awesome. Well, I think I appreciate you for coming on, Raymond. Oh uh, no, thank you for having me. And yeah, for sure. And uh, I hope you had a good time. Um, oh, real quick, what what are some of your favorite uh, favorite uh, music bands? Oh man, like that's that's a tough one. I I <laughs> I like a lot. Like mainly, um, oh man, like I I like eighties rock. Okay. You know, kind of like that hairstyle rock. You know, uh, <laughs> this this like rock music is a, a heavy one, but um, I, I'm really into more songs individually than bands. Okay. Um, but like mainly '80s, '90s rock, like this giving the people that 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 time period. That's kind of what I listen to. Um, you know, you have like, a lot like Nirvana. Oh yeah, Nirv kind of thing or. Nirvana and this like Blinky One Eight Twos that okay. also got a couple yeah. of good songs. Uh, ACDC, um, ZZ Top, you know, just a lot of the <laughs> very like rock bands, right? You know, some country. Like, I, I remember seeing Willie Nelson at the rodeo a couple of years ago, mm. you know, that was very, very intense. That was very cool. <laughs> uh, like, it was mainly his kids playing, but, you know, he did sing a couple of songs. Right. <laughs> so, like, that was really cool. Um, awesome. But uh, San Antonio's like the rock, the the mellow, the place for heavy mellow. Like, it's, yeah. it was a big city for heavy mellow for, like, the longest time. Yeah. And hopefully we can bring stuff like that back, this bands and live music and people want to start something up. Like, we need to set venues up for that again. Like mm -hmm. I remember, they closed a white white rabbit a couple uh, more than a couple of years ago, so like we can't have that hole to fill in San Antonio. 
Well, it's now the the Paper Tiger. Oh, the Paper uh, Tiger. Yeah, it's Paper Tiger now. But it was also closed, obviously, during the pandemic. But I, yeah. I think I think they did something up up in in Austin that kind of prevented some of these places that to shut down completely. You know, go out of business. So yeah. um, I don't know what they did, but yeah. And so, like that, yeah, that's one thing we got to compete with is Austin. We yeah. Uh, San Antonio is a tourist city, but Austin's bringing a lot of tourists because of the bands and stuff like that. So we need to step it up and really compete with Austin on that area. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. So, all right. Well, thank you. Um, and all the viewers who are watching, if you would like to contribute to this live stream at all, uh, my, cash app, my cash app is down below. Um, you know, I just do this for free. I'm just doing this out of my own time. So if you would like to also donate, please do. Um, I appreciate it, and uh, thank you everyone for watching. Thank you, Raymond, for joining and, and just having. Thank this you for talk. having me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, awesome, you guys have an awesome day. All right. <laughs>